Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of the community members. Find us at whateverworks.audio and why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Hello, everyone. Whatever well, oh, you're so oh, sorry. <laughs> Face. Done it again. Shut That's the second face. time in a row. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Whatever Works. <laughs> Whatever Works works. The new look. Whatever works. Except Aidan Bell, who doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Keep going. You're oh, doing all right, dear. Ted. Incorporating, incorporating better before because this very week we have ditched better before posted in whatever works about it and warned everyone and we did just didn't feel like better for before had the legs we hoped it might have so we thought we would incorporate it into whatever works didn't we which i dare say you will now remind me was your idea in the first place <laughs> no the thought that was going through my mind is we've got to offer a prize to the first person who posts on the group saying ah so better before was better before <laughs> <laughs> We do have a new website, though, which works really well. This is something else that whatever works, because it's whateverworks.works, which, if you say it in the right way, it says, whatever works, works, which is very (laughs) clever. I'm a smart ass. Yeah, but what made me laugh during the week was while you were setting it up, and quite legitimately there were always teething problems, dear listener, with a new site going up, and I was teasing Ted, saying, hey, whatever works, doesn't, yeah. (laughs) Indeed. And those teething problems, eventually, with the help of Steve and um, Dave Rich, thank you both, um, we got sorted out. And the RSS link we'll put in the show notes. If you can't get your podcatcher to catch the new whatever works and you're still seeing the old whatever works, then um, do link on, get grab the RSS feed from the show notes and you will be able to um, put it up there. The, the All of the show notes are in whateverworks.works, the website. Um, so confused you might be. But what is consistent through this is the MeWe Whatever Works group. That hasn't changed. <laughs> oh, was that my cue to say, yes, Ted, you're quite right. The MeWe, right. yeah, the good, ever-valiant MeWe group. And but if you don't want to talk to me, then fine, no worries. I'll carry on without you. No, no, no. TedSalmon.com no, is where you'll find me. AidenBell.com is where you'll find Aiden. And um, don't forget, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do that. Um, PayPal.me forward slash TedSalmon. And Aidan's got enough coffee, so he's not he's not bothered. Can I just say that utter chaos is not actually a prerequisite of the new whatever works. <laughs> it's just coincidental this afternoon. We have a Black Friday special offer, though, don't yes, we? Yes, we do, sir. Tell us all. We have got the mugs and coasters with the old logo on. Mind you, we did in the end, we worked the old logo into the new one a bit, didn't we? So it's still. Yes, I did, of... didn't I? <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> All hail to King Aidan. Um, so, yes, um, the, the, the um, mugs and coasters set for Black Friday, we are doing a special deal on 10 quid plus, no, not plus, including post and packaging. And the T-shirts also 10 quid, including post and packaging. So we're going we're gonna to shift some of those. Come on, help us. 10 quid for the for, for each of those. And um, just drop me an email, Ted Salmon, um uh, at gmail.com if you want to make an order on that and we'll get it organised and not only that right. it's like it's like having an original Beatles White Album I mean if you've got the original logo merchandise now then you're somebody yeah exactly absolutely but yes all joking aside kudos to you for thinking of the idea of the um, logo and the placeholder image in podcatchers and the web and all that because you were instrumental in that certainly we tweaked it together but you came up with the original idea so um, when we fall out I can't claim copyright well mutual kudos Ted kudos to you as well for organizing (laughs) everything IT wise and website side you know I've just about managed to learn how to send an email so well done on that well, while we when we stop praising each other, <laughs> should we get on with the show? I think we should. While we've still got any listeners left, yes, let's do feedback, it. Feedback, feedback from the last one. Ian Watson, I've put my co-op card in Google Pay. No signal at our co-op, and Google Pay needs an internet connection to get the QR code. I have to open Google Pay and select the co-op card before I even get in the shop. This is on the back of what Steve was saying, That's Steve right. Litchfield, about um, uh, shops with metal roofs. So Ian Watson agrees with him. 
Indeed, and Duncan Robertson, I'm glad to say, agrees with me and the Contigo West Loop travel mug that I brought onto the show last. Duncan says, I use it while watching my son play football and it gets tossed around and often ends up sitting in the mud at the side of the football pitch. It never leaks and, if anything, it keeps my coffee hot too. And Chris Kelly Ooh. joins in and says, I have two of the Contigo West Loop travel mugs, his and hers, that we've used for several years now. I can confirm that they keep drinks hot for a good time. Typically, we have to wait for an hour Hour before the contents have even cooled down enough to be slurped. Mm. My older model doesn't have the locking switch on the lid, which is fine for the cup holder in the car. The newer model has the lock that Aidan mentioned, and it's as it is often thrown into a backpack. I can confirm that we've never had a leak. Not cheap, he says, but they most definitely are value for money. Quality shines through. Excellent. Thank you for your feedback, everyone, on the last show. And moving forward, we have Ed House. Welcome to new member, Ed. Hello. Hello, Ed. And uh, he would like to tell us about his Joby Grip Tight One micro stand. Ooh. I love this, which I got recently for 20 quid on eBay, but you can get it for a bit more on Amazon. Link in the show notes to that. I love it for photography as it is a stand for phones when watching videos and it splits to use for either an attaching the phone to a bigger tripod or to use the mini tripod with smaller cameras, even up to the RX100 series. So, yeah. A little, basically, a little tabletop tripod with a grabber thingy, which you open up and then you put your phone in it, and it grabs it and holds it still while you're doing whatever you're doing, or you want, or just want to watch a, a film. Um, yeah, it looks a nice little bit of kit. I like this. I've I've only come across these and have several times before for mounting on the top of conventional tripods, you know, to use your camera as a as a camera, to use your phone as yeah. a camera. But this is, as you say, this is very nice because it actually sits down on the desk beside you, as as you say, you can watch a film or do your work with it. So. Nice one. Indeed. Thank you very much, Ed. Very, very nice indeed. Now, um, I want to introduce a new section for um, for December 2020, which is crap Christmas presents. <laughs> or, to give it its um, an acronym, CXP. <laughs> so any, anyone's got any ideas for really rubbish Christmas presents for the next couple of shows during December, do let us know and we'll bring them to the show. I'll start the ball rolling with this ridiculous biscuit mug, which I posted in the, um, in the, in the MeWe group. And it's a, it's a mug, well, half a mug, actually. And in the back of it, there's a hole for biscuits to be put in, which means that when you lift the cup up to slurp your drink, all the biscuits are going to fall out of your eyes. <laughs> I've never, I have never seen anything so absurd. You know what? I must say where this started from. Ted and I had a conversation, uh, which I during which I remembered that many years ago, a friend and I had a had a silliness that went on for two or three years, where we wanted to give each other the most ridiculous and pointless and useless and funny Christmas presents we could. And it started, with, I think, with one of those things that where you had an awful toy donkey, and when you lifted up its tail, a cigarette came out of its backside. Yeah. So that it came off the back of that. Let's see what what we can come up with as. as crap Christmas presents during the month of December just for a laugh just for a laugh now we have the return of um, one of my favourite sections oh and one of my favourite jingles can we play it please heads top tips heads top tips heads top tips Oh, Ted's top tips. Ted, I'm giving the top tip. Oh, we got more than one. It really is Ted top tip. Ted's top tips in the plural, isn't it? Yeah. The first of which is Andy Warden on petrol cap side. If you've forgotten, he said, which side your petrol cap is on on your car, look at the fuel gauge. If the red empty mark is on the left, then that is the side the cap is on. Similarly, if the mark is on the right, then that's the side you fill up. Others pointed out that in many cars there is a little arrow next to the petrol pump logo pointing to the correct side. Indeed, I was going to say the same thing. And I remember, yeah. Ted, discovering this a few years back on holiday in a hired car. This was having previously holidayed about 180 times and not known it. And it was a revelation because it's the one of the, you know, yeah. it's one of those duh moments that's so simple and so sensible. And my goodness, why did nobody ever think of it before? Look at the yeah. arrow, look at the side on which it's illuminated. And then that tells you where to fill the car. 
But I didn't know um, what Andy has brought was about this, um, the red empty mark. I, I didn't realise that had a side as well. I always thought it was just that arrow, but um, I, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, me too, me too. Mark, I always yeah. thought it was only the arrow. But w- w- mm. whichever it is, it's it's so nice that you don't have the embarrassment of getting out and walking around the car and then realising you're on the wrong side and checking yeah. out the other side and having to move the car to the right side of the pump and blah, 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 blah. Thank All you very those, much, Andy. If you- if you go to the right petrol station, the pumps are long enough, but you've got to work ahead to, to make sure you park close enough to it. Anyway, let's move on, shall we? Chris Kelly is back on picking up stuff with a vacuum. So this came on the back of an item we did on um, Tech Addicts, where they, the in, in Japan they were go, they, they'd invented these vacuum cleaners to go and pick up people's um, people, people's earphones. In, um, off of railway lines. Oh, right, so, right. Chris came along and said, well, there's a simpler way to do that. If you drop something, um, an earring, for example, down the back of a radiator, what you do is you get your vacuum cleaner and you put a pair of tights over it, or stockings, I suppose, and you put an elastic band around it, make sure it's tight, turn on the vacuum cleaner, put that down the hole, and fannies your aunt, the thing gets sucked up into the um, tights, and it's on the end of the thing, he lifted up, and you retrieved it. Hurrah! Cunning, as you yourself would say, no doubt, Ted. Indeed. I was um, I was a little bit concerned and, and wrote as a note for yourself and for me to say to our good listeners in our, in our recording notes that it might possibly not be a potential risk to the motor might it not might it not strain the motor and cause a problem and then we have a gremlin in our notes called steve litchfield (laughs) who popped up out of nowhere and said to and wrote no it's fine i do this too plenty of air still getting into the pipes i presume if you were to actually 100 percent cover the end of the pipe you might damage your vacuum but yes i can see steve's point and i take it thank you steve that as long as there's a little bit of air getting through then the stocking um then you should be fine very cunning Indeed. trick, Chris. Thank you. Very, very good. And, and it saves you paying about £10,000 for a Panasonic <laughs> ready-made thing, doesn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> oh, it's time for another jingle already. This is great fun. I bought this because, I don't know, I stumbled on it as one does and I just thought, oh, I've got to try one of those. It was £3.59 and it's one of those items with a ridiculously long name. So I take a deep breath and say it's called an RJMAC wristband hand dispenser, hand sanitizer, dispensing silicon, wearable dispenser, pumps, refillable, disinfection, wristbands, handband, wrist for kids, men and women. How ridiculous. Basically, it's a watch full of hand sanitizer. It's the silliest and yet possibly the most useful thing I've ever bought. It, what do you do with it? Well, it's what it is, it, it, it really does absolutely look like a watch. It is a watch, but it is just a hundred percent it's a piece of silicon rubber in the shape of a watch. And where the where the actual watch would be is actually just an empty vessel. And it comes with a refill bottle, which is kindly labelled refill bottle on it, with a long <laughs> Um, pointy end which you press into this thing having filled the bottle with your hand sanitizer of your choice and you squeeze that in and I found a little bit of a problem because you've got to get let as the sanitizer goes in the air's got to come out so I had to sort of had a bit of a faff getting back and forth to get it full but have you one, bought this I bought this yes I bought Did this you? I'm describing <laughs> this thing that I've wasted three pounds 59 pence of my own good hard-earned money on and once you've got this thing full of hand sanitizer I'm going to do it as I speak to you now you put it on your wrist like a normal watch on it goes and then here's the fun part there's a little a little cap basically and when you've you know been in the post office or been out and about and you feel it's time to sanitize your hands you open this thing out and you press lightly on it oh there it comes and you get hand sanitizer which you then rub into your hands it's actually very very clever on the one front on the one hand if you'll pardon the pun because it's attached to your wrist you don't have to think about carrying it you don't have to think about oh dear i left the hand sanitizer in the car it's on your wrist you just press down on your wrist as you would if you wanted to see the time if it was a real smartwatch and instead of seeing the time your hand gets squirted with hand sanitizer the only problem i found is in in a similar vein to do you remember i talked a couple of shows ago about hand sanitizers in shops and if you're not careful you'll end up squirting the next customer rather than your own hands if your hand is bent forward, if you've got limp wrists, love, while you're pressing it, then the line of fire might go flying off in another direction. I mean, I, I, I sanitised my car radio yesterday while I sat in the car with it. But honestly, it is a bit stupid. It is a gimmick. It is cheaply made and f- probably won't last more than 10 minutes. But that said, 
it's actually very useful. And I did go out into the real dangerous COVID-ridden world with my mother. We, we did indeed have to go to the post office yesterday. And I used it and I pressed it and hand sanitizer came out and I feel my hands were very safely and properly sanitized by it and with it. So what can I say? It's, it's very interesting. It's one of those, it's maybe my first contribution to the Christmas crap items but on this at the same time it actually works so I'm not quite sure where I stand with this it's a sort of room 101 gold star combined uh, and crap Christmas present yeah, but, um, but not because it actually works maybe I'm just yeah, being yeah. unkind to it um, well the first thing that I thought was that, that it would be better if you wore it round the other way so that it when you squirted it it goes into the palm of your hand and not on the back of oh, your I hand. Oh I see. Oh I just yeah you see as a watch wearer yes okay you could do that as a watch wearer that feels so alien to me. But yes yeah, good yeah. good call Ted that's probably how you're meant to wear it. Well, <laughs> as a watch wearer pictures. I just put it on as if it was a watch. No, no, no. In the pictures on here, you're doing it quite right. But it was just that I was I was just trying to work out why I suppose. Yeah, yeah, because you would put it on the back of your hand, then you would use the other hand to then rub it round. And yeah, now yeah, with it on the front of my hand, every time I move my wrist, it sort of gets in the way of the wrist movement. So <laughs> forget that idea. Nice idea, Ted, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Three try, one. try one, Ted. Honestly, it's worth three pound fifty just for a laugh. OK, I'll, I, I can then go out again. You can, sir. Yes, freedom for £3.59. <laughs> what could be better? I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those. Chris Kelly is back and he has the T-Mini Pen. This is a, Actually, I asked him about this because he posted it as part of a photograph with some other gear. And I thought, and I homed in on it. And I thought, what's that pen? It's a titanium pen. He says that he got it on a Kickstarter campaign for $25, um, although now it costs $35. Um, I've got a couple of other items from this manufacturer, and they're all appealed to my in, inner engineer, he says. They're beautifully well made from titanium, which is my favourite metal. Um, they are super tough and develop a characterful patina. What's a patina? That gets better with age and use. The mini pen takes a standard D1 refill, which provides lots of choice. Mine has a black gel ink refill, but you can get ordinary ballpoints and a myriad of colours. My family and friends always know that wherever we are, if anyone asks the question, who's got a pen? The answer is, yeah, Chris has got one. It does actually look very, very nice. Um, a pen made from titanium, which will just, it's just kind of dinky and pocket size. And I can see, I can see myself with one of these in my pocket absolutely just in the, the kind of normal stuff I carry around but I'm not sure if I pay $35 for it. Patina is a thin layer that variously forms on the surface of copper, brass, bronze and other similar metals or certain stones and wooden furniture. Good job you're here already isn't it? Isn't it yeah I like that yeah um <laughs> I don't think it's for my use case but it, it is a it is a sexy looking little pen. Yeah don't you think you'd put it in your pocket if you had it? Yes, but explain to me exactly what its USP is, because I'm still not totally... It's just a pen. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. It's just, a, it's just a cute pen that you stick in your pocket, and it's just really cute and nice, but... and it's just pocket-sized. And, and as Chris says, his family, you know, whenever anyone needs a pen, you know that Chris has got one in his pocket, and, and I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I wouldn't stick it in my pocket, but only because, as an active person, my pockets last 10 minutes, and I'm forever having to... Sew them up, so this yeah. would be like a rocket getting through the pocket. But yeah, okay, it's a nice pen. Well, you you could put it in a, inside a pair of gloves. I could, and well, you see the link. The link. How about <laughs> a pair of LED flashing gloves? Now, I this was just a fun thing again that I stumbled on at six ninety nine. I mean, it's probably one of the cheapest things I've ever brought. Do I want one of those? It's basically uh, not even a pair of gloves because they're not actually full-size gloves. They're just kind of half gloves. There's no doubt a word, sports glove, that you wear. Um, and they've got little LEDs. I'm not quite sure how many. Uh, one, maybe just two, one on the thumb and one on the forefinger. You basically put these gloves on and you've got torches on your fingers. So basically, you know, make, make yourself ET in moments by putting gloves on. Um, there's a YouTube video 
which is wonderful because it's got a computer spoken text where they've obviously just dropped the text in and the video starts bringing light to your fingertips a flash torch never drop make your hands free when repairing flat fishing comfortable stretch neoprene <laughs> material with position adjustable magic strap make you a spy at night so the, 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 that's fun to listen to and they just look like fun things you can pretend you're Michael Jackson you can go out in the dark and have a firework display without fireworks I don't know I mean I can't think of a real use case for these things except possibly if you have got a fiddly job to do and for some reason you're stupid enough not to just put a light above your head or wear one of those fantastic head torches that Steve brought onto the show and I still love mine, then you can have LEDs on your fingers instead. I suppose yeah. certain medical examinations, but I won't go there. It looks like, <laughs> it looks, it looks like one of those things that um, archers wear. People who do archery. Yes, yeah. I, th I thought for a moment he went the archers. Dun, 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 dun. I thought, do they? Um, but, yeah. it's, but it's interesting that the, the, the actual thing in Amazon um, puts it up as an outdoor fishing glove. Yeah. So yes, they're, they're and the, the, the fishing, fishing does seem to be, a, I don't know, do you need... Well, I, I, I suppose they do. It may well turn out, Ted, to be like my um, gel watch. It may actually be very useful. There may actually be a good use case for them. I just can't mm. think of one. No. Oh, anyway, that's very but nice. Fun. Yes. Another crap Christmas present. <laughs> yes, we don't need that new section. We just do it anyway. Yeah, do every item. No, not this one. Okay, the what's lava. this one? The Lava Aqua X. Two London students reinvented the washing machine. Sure. I want one of those. Right. And what you do, basically, this washing machine is quite cutesy and small, and you... Um, you have on the side of it it's got this tray um and you put this tray in your shower and you have your shower and the water goes down into the tray underneath your feet while you're having your shower you then when you finish your shower you lift this thing out from under the shower and slot it into the side of this washing machine the washing machine then um uses the waste water from your shower and um, does the washing of your clothes in a little drum. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of won awards and stuff as a um, space-saving, energy-saving, blah, 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 everything-saving, eco-friendly. Um, and it does look really neat. If you lived in a really small, compact environment, like, say, a static home... Um, <laughs> This could actually be really interesting. And when you see the drum going round, it's really, really interesting. It spins round in a kind of, you know, every direction. It looks great fun. And um, I don't know if this has actually come to market yet. I don't think it has. Um, but, um, yeah, great idea and good for them. What if you had a wee in the shower? <laughs> but beside that, this does don't. look... <laughs> <laughs> I presume it does some sort of sanitisation of the water because you wouldn't want to wash your clothes in shower water anyway, would you? So I presume it... Well, I, I think that part of the thing is that most of the water, the vast majority of the water that comes from the shower across your body, you're using soap and shampoo and, and actually that water that you're collecting is probably quite... OK, yes. it will have... It's probably quite clean. Yes. But that aside, it does look, it looks very cute. Very, very sexy, dare I say. A nice little, I was going to say it's about the size of a cardboard box, but that's like saying it's about as long as a piece of string, isn't it? But it is, it is diddly. It's a diddly size. Yeah. I can see it washes two and a half kilo at once in 12 minutes. Yeah, perfect for students or gentlemen in, in trailer vans. <laughs> trailer vans, please. <laughs> A, a premium executive static home. Yes, dear. Let's play another jingle. <laughs> still using and still using. Oh, the ever dulcet tones of Mr. Ted Salmon. Um, <laughs> Steve Litchfield has been on the show more than once. Um, bringing Get him off. <laughs> He's been on the show more than once. End of. Um, with vacuum cleaners. Steve obviously has a vacuum cleaner fetish, which I think I share thanks to Steve. Uh, back in 2019, he came on talking about vacuum cleaners and mini vacuum cleaners, portable vacuum cleaners, as oh, a result yeah. of which I bought a Black & Decker Smart Tech Dust Buster 27-watt mini vacuum cleaner. Yeah. And I love it. It's still... 
um, on the wall on this lovely little stand that you just put it in and take it out, lift it in, put it back, um, and it charges. I've got it on a timer, so it doesn't charge all the time. It just charges for an hour a day, which is sufficient. Uh, and it's fabulous. And I think it might be because up until 2019, when Steve Litchfield came on the show, I was existing from awful, you know, 15-pound from eBay, horrible portable vacuums that just didn't work at all and couldn't pick up a feather. And this thing, boy, has it got some power and some suction. And it, I use it all the time because it's one of those things when, you, when you've got something that needs to be vacuumed up but you don't really want to go and get the main house vacuum and plug it in. It's yeah. absolutely perfect. I love it. I still use it. Uh, it's £63 now. It was 58 when I bought it. Um, and it was £58 very, very well spent. So thank you, Steve, and thank you, show. I'm still using my mini vacuum cleaner. Excellent. There. We do a good thing on vacuum cleaners over the years. We've got, yeah, you're right. They are very popular. And there has been lots of them, and for different um, uses. And if you remember the one that I had, that particularly was good for getting into really narrow holes and places. That yes, you I do. Get yes, 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 yes. So, so I think vacuum cleaners are quite popular on the show. Um, unlike my sock dryer, the JVL twenty piece peg oval sock dryer. I don't know if you remember this. This was from August two thousand and eighteen, and we're still using this. It was whatever works show sixty five, and it's basically a thing you have, very very manual, a bit like your um your 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 um, shirt folder you know yes you, yes you hang it up and it's it's a circle and on the at the on the bottom of the circle it's got little pegs hanging down and you clip your socks to it or your bras or whatever you've got to to hang to to dry and um we use it for socks mostly um and the um over time they obviously dry and then you just un undo the pegs and take them out again it's simple and we're still using it all the pegs were obviously good quality none of them are broken and uh, yeah i'm still using and it's wonderful because you've got 20 pegs but you only have to hang it up once so a fantastic safe space saver indeed yes and if you're a short person you can take it down to fill it up and then put it up when it's ready oh really it's got wow Oh, suddenly I'm even more impressed. <laughs> and not to oh, no, say that no, I wasn't oh, no. before. <laughs> it, I didn't mean to say it was on an elastic. You, I mean, you've got to, you've got to physically take it off the. Hook oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you meant it was on one of these things like those posh lights that you can just lift up and oh, pull down. Oh, right. No, well, in that case, sorry. let me tell you about Ian Barton's contribution, which is the Morphe Richards Fast Bake Bread Maker. <gasps> Bread. Ooh, don't yeah. get me started. In this fact, what does he say? In this fact, I'll try that again. Ian Barton says, in fact, this. <laughs> If I get the words the right way around, it helps, doesn't it? In fact, this one still works after four years. Bread maker. Four years. Four years. I Bread... think the reference there is that we said it had to be more than a year. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So he's 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 quadrupled that. Breadmaker, he yeah. said, used once or twice a week. Well, I mean, I mean, once or twice a week for four years, you'd get your money's worth out of that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. We, there was quite a quite a discussion upon the group about bread and bread making, mm. wasn't there? And people opting either for the machine or for the hand method. Um, I gather the was. salmon household is a machine household, whereas the bell household is a do it by hand one. Mum had a, um, um, a a bread making machine some time, some years ago. And she gave up on it. And the, the rationale that she gave up on it on was that it was so nice that she was eating too much. <laughs> oh, that's the best so, possible rationale, though. When oh, it I'd broke, yeah, when it broke, she didn't purposely throw it away. But when no. it broke, they didn't replace it. Um, but yeah, basically, I, I said to her this week, why, you should get, get another one, have another go. It's good fun. And she said um, that, yeah, it was too nice. She was eating too much and getting too fat. So... Um, they went back to boring bread instead. Obviously, Ian is more controlled. Yeah, yeah. if you have a bread maker, you need self-control. And I guess that's where the version that I do has its advantages because doing it by hand takes a couple of hours of hard yeah, work. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I used to make hand um, bread by hand back in the day um, and it's really satisfying. But these bread makers just... You know, they're, they're, the the bread you get out of it is just risen differently, and it's yes. all it, it all looks like it's proper and yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Did you see the picture I posted of my proper loaf? I was very proud I did, of that. I did. I yeah. did. It, it looked quite flat, <gasps> and I and I remember when I was kneading dough myself and making it myself. Mine was also quite flat and not. If you buy a loaf from the from the the bakery, you expect the loaf to be you know plump and, yes, and yes. tall and you know what I mean. Yes, I do. Yes. So anyway, I'm sure you could do that if you wanted to. 
because you're a very clever chap. <laughs> Why have we not got a jingle for reviews yet? Because I'm not that clever. <laughs> right, the jingleless switch now to reviews, the main reviews of the show, which we've got a couple of things. The first one is a, a simple one, which is some plastic food containers. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we were trying to find something to put uh, soup in, and I thought to myself, I know, what about those plastic things that you get from the Chinese takeaway when you order chicken and sweet corn soup? They're just perfect. Sorry, can I say, is this for storage of soup, like putting it away in the fridge? Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, storage, this is the thing you see, is that you you can store it in these thingies. The ones that I found on Amazon, which are not particularly cheap, there's 25 of them for 12 quid, so they're about, they're just under 50p each. Right. Um, But they're they're actually really good quality. They um, they look just like those Chinese ones. And you can put them in the freezer, which I've done. Um, You can put them in the microwave. Um, Now, when you put the lid in the microwave, microwave it did kind of warp a bit but then afterwards i reattached it to the main body of yes. the, the the tub and the things are so strong to, to clip it around that it it, it re, re-got its shape back yeah. quite quickly so um yeah, just a quick quarry to say that they're really, really good, and I recommend them. Um, they, they, I haven't put them in the dishwasher yet, Mum's dishwasher, but um, it says that they are dishwasher safe. Um, and yeah, really, really good. They, they just seem to be pretty good quality, and I, I'd much rather pay forty eight p for one of those and some absolute rubbish one that every, the first time you put it in the freezer it's going to crack or yes first time you put it in the microwave it's going to just warp and just be rubbish so do you so, see these yeah. as reusable do you think you could wash this oh, and definitely. use it again and again oh I have done we have done and that they work perfectly well and you know they, they go in the freezer we make soup in batches with the soup maker the tea fowl soup maker which was um uh, another item oh i remember actually, that yes one. yes still using still using because that's really good still uh, we'll using. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah recommended um link in the show notes to round plastic food containers and congratulations for learning your lesson and not putting it into cheapest chips and saying well they're 50p each but you get 25 off them. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> i bring you also a quite a quick one but something i just want to give a quick shout out and say that it worked out very well for us a bath rail, the N- the NRS Healthcare height adjustable Swedish bath rail, no less. His Swedish, I don't know what makes why is why Swedish, but there you are. Um, Fifty seven quid, not cheap, but I mean, you know, health and safety, you know, you can't put a price on it. We needed a new handrail for my mother. We had one in the bath, which I'm sure many people will know, sort of basically just clamps on to the side of the bath, and that that that's a support rail for people who have you know difficulty getting in and out of the bath, and that Ooh. actually started to wobble and in fact almost looked as if it was going to fall off so I figured this wasn't safe at all and that that I needed to get something much better and safer for for the sake of my mother so I got onto our favourite website and I found this adjustable one and it's very good because not only does it clamp to the side of the bath but it also has two legs that come down and and well they either rest on the floor or as I've done you can actually drill holes into the floor and actually bolt them down into the floor so you you get a double whammy, you get it attached to the bath bath and attached to the floor below and now Muhammad Ali could get in and out of our bath one-handed without any trouble <laughs> I mean I don't think Muhammad Ali would need a bath rail but you know you, you get the point um good and strong he good would, and sturdy he, he certainly wouldn't know would he no he wouldn't well he <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there, Ted. Um, But this is a very good product. Uh, As I say, not a lot to say. I looked for a product. I chose it. I bought it. I set it up and I'm very pleased with it. So if anyone's looking for something similar, I would recommend that one. Looks great. I wish I had a bath. Actually. (laughs) Yeah, that's a prerequisite. You need a bath. (laughs) Yes. Um, but um, yes, there's not been a bath. Actually, it's funny because I'm just about to move um, static homes from one static to another, and the one I'm going to does have a bath. I don't think I've ever seen a bath, a full domestic bath, size bath that looks like I would actually fit in it. Oh wow! Um, in 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 a static ho- um, yes. van, I, it, just bizarre. And are you looking forward thought... to it? I mean, I couldn't live without a bath. I'd go spare without a bath. I've not had a bath for probably fifteen years. But you've had a shower. And... <laughs> <laughs> Once or twice. Happy birthday. <laughs> right, enough. Let's move on. Now, my next item is a 
boring hard disk drive. N nothing much. This is a quick one. Nothing much to say about really. You know, basically, a, a, an a, an external spinning disk drive is an external spinning disk drive. <laughs> yes. My two terabyte one was getting a bit full, and there was also a, a worrying bit of play around the kind of odd shaped micro USB double width connector thingy, which I never can Sorry, remember the, the name of. <laughs> Micro, yeah, whatever it is called, it's 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 basically a micro USB, yes. but it's kind of double width. Yes, I yes, remember. I know. Anyway, I know what you mean, yeah. so we've moved on. We, I found this one, a WD five terabyte My Passport Ultra. It's got a USB socket in the side, which is great, right up to date. It runs um, with the the USB three dot naught standard. It's faster. It's got software with it bundled, so it uses encryption if you want to use the password protect stuff. <laughs> Um, and um, all sorts of other software as well if you want to use that but it's just it's just really really good I did actually get it for half price Ooh. but I did notice that that's gone now it's 142 quid but certainly I, I, having used it I think that a 5 terabyte external drive which powers itself there's no need to externally power it yeah, yeah. Um, powers <clears throat> itself from the computer is still I think worth 142 quid I'm sure that there will be other ones out there and other people that say other things but this is really neat solution and it does me perfectly there was my quick one on my external hdd and western digital is a company you can certainly trust so no reason it shouldn't be good what's your take though ted on the following i have a history of hard drives that have died on me you may know it you start getting that sound and you think uh oh this drive's coming to the end and you have to replace it so i've always been loath to have a drive that's too big because i my thinking is well when i lose all my data i don't want to lose five terabytes of data i'd rather lose just one but i suppose you know the the, the technology is improving and drives are becoming more and more reliable now so i just wonder I what your are... thoughts were on that I think they are more reliable. Um, um, but having said that, this is not my only backup solution. I've got three of these. So um, I've got my I've got my data backed up to my computer's hard drive. I've got it backed up to a secondary SSD. Yes. And this is my third backup solution because I don't trust cloud services. Yes. And um, it, it, this works really well for me. Yes, I suppose my issue has been doing projects for other people where there's just too much data to back it up more than once. And, you know, different clients will have a drive right. with this person's data and another drive with that person's data. And so in that case, if a drive goes, you lose the data. Yeah, but there we are. That's, the, that's a conversation for another day, really, I, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think in a professional capacity, you probably would be ending up using cloud services because it's for someone else and you want to make sure that... Yeah. Nothing does go wrong. Yes, but I, sh all, I share your dislike that, of the cloud. But it could be that all of my it could be that all of my three backups all get burned in um, bacon slicing incidents. You know, at the same time. Yes, it, yes, it's really unlikely. Yes, yes. And again, it's a conversation for a different, more techie podcast. But I wonder yes. how safe is cloud storage? I mean, that ultimately is just hard drives in a rack somewhere in Los Angeles. So in one Iraq. wonders how many backups they have of your data in the cloud. They can't be in Iraq and Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, time for a jingle. <laughs> yeah. Better before... Yes, indeed. Nice to hear that jingle again. One of the things that we had left over from Better Before, which we kept trying to get to, was comedy. Comedy. Was comedy better before or is comedy better now? So lead it away, young man. Yeah, it started with a post from me because I saw a wonderful video, um, uh, I think it was on YouTube, of course, of John Cleese and Eric Idle in conversation in Los Angeles. And they were basically idly if you'll pardon the pun chatting away John Cleese had a book out which they made a lot of jokes about that that's why they were doing a conversation but they just reminisced and they talked a lot about the Monty Python years and both of their careers and and I just got to thinking yes of course it's very very personal and it's all to do with me at my age and my life that I have led but I just found these two charming witty people such such a pleasure to listen to and it got me wondering it's almost a question that you can't ask because it's so subjective. But was comedy better before? For me, it was. But it's it's so subjective, it's tricky. But there was quite a response on the group, was there not? 
Yeah, yeah, there was, and and I agreed with you um, that it is very subjective, and I, I and I also love these guys. I I grew up with Python, and, and as, as far as I can am concerned, they can do no wrong. Yes. Um, but you see, subjectivity is the thing here because my dad just can't see it. My dad's in his eighties. Yes, he cannot see anything in Monty Python that that he finds funny, um, and and uh, but but give him put him in front of the goons, and he's roaring, and that the goons just completely leave me stone cold it, it just it, it feels like a bunch a bunch of blokes all just standing around making stupid noises and giggling uh, so you know each to their yes. own as we say um there's there's some people that call foul language during um modern comedy the, the ruination of it um oh billy Connolly would be so much funnier if he didn't swear he doesn't need to etc other thing, other people think that foul language in its own right is funny, yes. um, particularly if the context is right, and I fall into that category as well. Um, so I have a kind of um, Catholic approach to the, the comedy as well. Some days I'm happy to sit and watch Allo Allo, which is really tame and some would say lame. Another day I'll watch Roy Chubby Brown and, and yes. roar to laughter with that. <clears throat> so... Um, yeah, I, well, some of the things that I can't stand, though, is some of the stuff that they trail out time and time and time again. Like if you watch the Gold Channel and you you have this runs of last of the summer wine and birds of the feather birds of a feather and one foot in the grave and waiting for god and butterflies and you know <laughs> that kind of sitcom from 70s the ones that were not particularly done very well in the first place and they just it's just television is festooned with it um but anyway i the, the subjectivity is 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 my um agreement with you there aiden it, it, it's down to the individual it is and i would also offer you know where the off switch is if you're watching gold and you don't yeah, like what comes yeah. on gareth williams uh commented as you say ted with the massively subjective nature i find or i did pre-covid that a visit to the local comedy club or open mic night was preferable to the so-called modern established comedians i do have a fondness for cleese and co and more recently the writing of lee mack such as the sitcom not going out. I would have to say, I think comedy was better before, says Gareth. And then I, I put a piece in the group saying that I think for me, one of the main reasons that I prefer the comedians of old to the current ones is, 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 is one word, arrogance. I find so many comedians, and they're not necessarily doing it intentionally, they come on stage and they look down their nose at you. They have this sort of air of, I am superior, I am very funny, I am now going to make you laugh because I am clever. Uh, one very good example is Paul Merton. Paul Merton is a fantastic comedian. He's extraordinarily quick. His mind is unbelievably fast and he's very witty. The problem is his delivery puts me off entirely because he just has this, this dour, blank face, this sort of, oh, I shouldn't really be here, but since I am, I'll say something funny attitude and it's a great shame because actually his material is extraordinary it's just his delivery puts me off completely even someone like Billy Connolly who you said you know people may object to the swearing but he's and even though he's got that very confident Glas Glaswegian strut about him he's still approachable and he's still warm and for me a lot of the modern comedians just don't have that anymore someone like Frankie Howard would come on stage and just be charming and you wouldn't think for one instant that he was going to be arrogant or or rude. You know, oh, missus, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very subjective indeed. Stu Miller chipped in here. I find that prior to watching most comedians from the past, I know I'm going to have to have a good laugh with them. However, recent ones like Keith Lemon, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to laugh or be disgusted, so I don't even bother watching. Yeah, a good point, and and I I tend to share share Stu's comment there. Ian Barton says I've just finished Barton. Pardon my diction. Ian Barton, Judge Barton says I've just finished listening to a great lives podcast about Kenneth Williams. In the show, oh, in the show they mentioned the whole. It's funny, isn't that lovely? You see, old school. We both want to go. Oh, it's like do you know how hard it was to say Billy Connolly without going? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> in the show, they mentioned a whole list of comedy actors and shows, mostly from the radio. 
which included Hancock's Half Hour, Beyond the Yay. Horn, Just a Minute. Yay. Yeah, yay. yay in all cases. Other shows and actors <laughs> that spring to mind are Monty Python and actress Hilda Baker, Harry Worth, Are You Being Served, and a whole host of others. I can't remember many shows from the last 10 years, says Ian, that have been as good or better than those actors and shows. The list of the UK best TV sitcoms are almost all from the old series. What happened to comedy? Question mark, he says. And he gives a link, www.comedy.co uk backslash forward slash even tv forward slash top which links to the british comedy guide to the top 50 sitcoms uh while we're at it i should just say my favorite of all time is i'm sorry i haven't a clue on the radio has me in stitches but anyway carry on (laughs) yeah yeah And, and i was watching hilda baker this this week um free on YouTube to watch mm. is a, ser- a series that she did called um, Not On Your Nelly. Oh, yes, and yes. It was really, I mean, yes, it was really dated and it was very wooden in some ways, but it was it was just funny. But I don't think young people now would find it funny. They would sit and think, what on earth am I watching? <laughs> yes, because everything is much more hard-edged, much more cutting, much more heavy and fast and vibrant. Now we come to a couple of comedy. Sorry, a couple of comments. Now we don't know who put them in the show notes. We, I think it must have been people that were on better before, and we didn't put a name to them. Right. Anyway, we'll go through them. I try hard to find comedy that is new and good. There is good stuff, but a large part of this is nostalgia, regardless of how good the new stuff is. I agree with you, Ian. There's nothing like an old TV sitcom. I watched an episode of Sorry last night. I followed it with an episode of Some Others Do Have Them, and then rolled a couple of episodes of Him and Her. Him and her would not have been tolerated back in the 70s. It's far too rude for one thing. But we've also spoken recently about Ricky Gervais' afterlife. Um, sorry, Ricky, Ricky Gervais's afterlife, Peter Kay's car share, and the brilliant Fleabag. It's great to be able to enjoy stuff from all eras, but was it better before? Not sure. And then we've got a comment from someone that we really don't know who it was, except <laughs> it, it definitely wasn't Steve Litchfield. <laughs> Yeah, and this mystery mystery contributor says, may I present myself as an expert witness for the defence? I also grew up with all the same shows as you did, but I've not. But I've also been an avid follower of live comedy. I've seen Billy Connolly, Eddie Izzard, Milton Jones, Jason Mountford, J- Dave Gorman, and hundreds of lesser-known acts as a regular visitor to the Edinburgh Fest- Fringe Festival and comedy clubs in Manchester. This is a northerner we're talking about here, and I can assure you that comedy is not only in rude health, but there is something for everyone if you take the time to look further afield than the stuff served up on TV. My favourite comedian, who I've seen around a dozen times, no longer tells jokes, but instead weaves stories of the human condition. During his performances, it has not been unusual for me to be moved to tears of grief and moments later, tears of laughter. The comedy I like most is smart, insightful. The comedy I dislike most is sneering. So I join Aidan in not rating Mr Merton. I tell you what, I wish whoever you are, you told us who this wonderful comedian yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> Missed out the actual name of the person. <laughs> oh, well, there you are. We're <laughs> laughing at the end of our subject on comedy, so that's a good thing. We don't know, we don't know who it was. And we don't know who actually wrote it. If, you, if it was you, own up. It, I, I mean, the ultimate, you know, in, in, on Better Before, we used to take a vote at the end to decide was it better before or now. And I'm glad to say that in this case, we don't have to because it really is entirely subjective. Do you prefer green yeah. or blue? You know, it, it's just what what tickles your fancy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I find lots of good comedy on um, now. And I find, as I said earlier, that I can dip back into 1970s, 1960s, 1950s and 40s even. And it's great to be able to appreciate it all. Absolutely. I've got a quick one that just came up today, actually. I was going to tell you why chakras are centred and everything's fine. But... um. I want to, it's a bit unfair, but I want to put Tesco in Room 101 for making me get up in the middle of the night. Let me explain. (laughs) Um, Tesco released their Christmas shopping uh, slots today at seven in the morning. And although it goes on for two weeks, I thought, hey, up, I better be quick. And so since they released at seven, I got myself up at 6.40 to wake up enough to be compass enough to put the computer on and book one. And I'm delighted to say I got online at seven. I waited in a queue for 10 minutes and then I did manage to secure a slot. But mm. for me, as a person who goes to bed at about 2.33 in the morning and gets up at around 10.30, 6.40 was the middle of the night. 
So yeah, curses agreed. to you, Tesco. But on the other hand, gold star because I got my Christmas slot. And when I got up and looked on again at 11 o'clock in the morning, they'd all gone. Wow. That's been all over the news today. As we record, it's Friday the 13th of November. And, um, that yeah, that, that it's been all over the news today on the BBC as well. Has it? I didn't know that. that, that Thought that Tesco, Aidan Bell had to get up in the morning. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that, that Tesco are in big trouble because they their systems collapsed under the weight of all this. Really? I'm not surprised. Oh, wow. It did take a little while to get through and get it done. But there you go. Indeed. So Tesco's in the first one. The second one is the general sale and use of non-silent fireworks by Alan Kennedy. We have an 11-year-old dog who who is absolutely terrified of loud bangs. She has a heart condition, meaning that we have to sedate her. I'm anticipating more household fireworks this year given lockdown, so I'm really concerned for the welfare of many pets and wild animals out there. Surely it's time to stop the suffering and inevitable human injuries given the strain on the NHS this year. Yes, I, I guess, uh, well, the fireworks display stuff has probably gone now, but the same will be true of New Year's Eve, probably. And, um, yeah, I, it, it is an issue for people. And I think in the in the group I was mentioning about the, the fact that I was involved with some horse stables um, and they they take they physically remove the horses and take them to another county on fireworks night and then they all camp there with their horses in tents and bring them back did i say that on the last show i got a feeling i, I did. don't remember but that, anyway no. no no i think i said it in the group and um then bring them back the next day because they're so um they're so concerned about their animals their horses in that case um, I don't know. I, people have got to have fun as well, haven't yes, they? Yes, but I mean, it is a question of if you're living within a society, then you do have to think about the whole society. You know, we're not on a desert island where we can do what we like. There were various yeah. supportive comments that came through. Um, just like guns, somebody says, there's no need for the general population to have access to fireworks. There is a change in the attitude these days. The fireworks are being sold to idiots, uh, you know, the general populace rather than trained professionals. Perhaps if they were banned from being used prior to the actual celebration date, that might help. Well, I suppose it would, yes, because then you'd know that there's one day on which you have to take care, not not knowing when that when it might happen or not. Uh, perhaps the bang and perhaps the blah, 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 try that again. Perhaps ban the bangers. Put your teeth in to say that. Perhaps ban the bangers or at least implement a reduced decibel limit. That's an interesting one, <laughs> although it was hard yeah, to I say. I can see that working. Uh, and I, I, can see, I, can, I can see that working as well as it works in cinemas. Pa. Yes. <laughs> and then finally, it says Sainsbury's have said they are to stop selling them. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can see both sides of the argument, but I do think at the end of the day it is important for everybody to take care of everybody else. And I don't think we can just say, oh, no, it's fine. People should jolly well stop whinging and let us have our fireworks. I think there has to be a, a happy medium in there somewhere. It is a debate. It is. Not non-silent fireworks. I don't know many fireworks that are non-silent, do you? Most of them seem to make a noise. You mean silent. Non-silent fireworks make a noise. Non-silent. Oh, the use of ban the general sale of non-silent fireworks. Oh yeah, non-silent. <laughs> do you know anything? Do you know any silent fireworks? What do they do? What, yeah, and I mean, I'm sorry. If, uh, then I would come down on the side of those supporting fireworks. There's no point in that. Silent fireworks. I mean, there, I saw a thing on on Click where they were talking about this chap who's doing these laser displays in cities during lockdown and saying laser displays are preferable to fireworks because they're silent. And I suppose if it's a laser, fair enough. Play a bit of Jean-Michel Jarre on your headphones and you'll be fine. But no, fireworks have to go bang as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, OK. Um, we'll leave that one and move on to leaf blowers. Another contentious one from Steve Litchfield. A neighbour of ours had some garden work done and as part of the clearing up, a workman spent 30 minutes waving a leaf blower around to clean up the debris. When all was when all he was doing was blowing the same dust and dirt around from side to side and into corners. Surely, surely, <laughs> says Steve. Ten minutes with an old-fashioned broom and some old-fashioned elbow grease would have cleaned up far more thoroughly and been quicker and cheaper. I despair. I'm sorry, Steve Litchfield. Much as I respect <laughs> and love you, I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> we have a guy who comes and does our lawn for us every couple of weeks. 
Um, and last week, uh, on the Sunday before he came on the Monday morning, I thought, I'll, we're in lockdown, I'll make myself useful and get some fresh air. I'll go out and start clearing the leaves. And I spent a good half an hour raking and gathering and going down on my hands and knees and pulling them out of the bushes and filling up the brown bin and dragging it around with me. And I'd managed to do about half the lawn and then I thought, right, sod this for a game of soldiers and went back indoors. The guy showed up the next day with a leaf blower and finished the whole lot and did the front garden in a quarter of the time it had taken me. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I understand your concern, Steve, about the noise. But no, a leaf blower, if it's used correctly, I mean, any any piece of equipment has to be used professionally and sensibly and accurately. Otherwise, there's no point in using it. But if you use a leaf blower properly, it will save an awful lot of time and effort. End of. <laughs> oh, right. I can't respond. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You may respond. That's the end of my rant is what I meant. Um, yes, I see both sides of this one as well. Um, this, you, in actual fact, your attitude might be a reflection of your level of fitness. Not that I can talk about that, <laughs> but um, you know, it, some people might take this as an opportunity to remain active in lockdown and say, "Yes, I will do this myself." And it doesn't matter if it takes me two days because I'm not doing anything else anyway. Oh, I totally agree anyway. with that. I totally agree with that. But what I'm taking Steve to task with is because of his use of capital letters here. He's saying, "Surely <laughs> it's quicker and easier with that." Well, no, it's not. But there you go. Each to their own again. He does. He, he does get rather wound up, doesn't he? <laughs> Good old Steve. Let's move uh, on. I was desperately trying to think of a joke about leaves and blowing and blow off, and but no, let's not. Let's just play another jingle. <laughs> Gold stars. <laughs> I think Stu, Stu Miller wants to sing that, he says. Um, while he's giving a gold star to the Royal Mail Parcel Collect. Now, I put this on the last oh, show. Did, and he yes. said he wants to echo. He wants to echo the gold star for the <laughs> new Royal Mail Collection Service. Um, uh, he wants to echo my support of it. I'd like to stick that gold star on top of a strawberry knickerbocker glory with sparklers in it, he says. <laughs> I've, I've used it twice with great success. I booked it one evening at 5pm. All you have to do is print off the label and stick it on the parcel and Royal Mail, Mail collected at 10am the following day. Um, yeah, the same experiences I've had and everyone else that's reporting it. They are doing it well and excellently and they are... They are, they are um, clearly under pressure to compete with the likes of DPD um, and UPS and all the rest of it. And I think that they're doing well, certainly from our experience, they're doing really, really well with it. So kudos to them. Indeed. And I'm dying to have something to send so I can try it out for myself. <laughs> um, I've got a quick one. Send something to me if you like, but not but not a, a, a sanitising watch. Oh, Ted, you spoiled the surprise now. <laughs> we had our delivery from Waitrose this week. Of course, we're snobs, darling. And um, the bags all arrived and the chap said thank you and off he went. And I opened the bags and suddenly my mother heard Aidan's voice from the kitchen going, Oh, <laughs> And she... <laughs> Came in to see what it was. I found a bag with 16 garlic dips in it. Oh, wow. And I said, I only ordered one. Uh -oh. Well, it could have been, you know, who knows. Perchance, the chap had forgotten to give me the paper receipt. He came back to the door. He handed me the receipt. And I said, can I give you these, please? And handed him a bag of 16 garlic dips. And I want to give the lovely man a gold star because he took them back without question and refunded us. Um, and it could... Very po it probably was me. Who knows whether it was them or me. I wouldn't be at all surprised if this man who can barely, I don't know what, on the web, went and ordered 16 garlic dips when he wanted one. But they, re they reimbursed us for 15 of them without question. So I'd like to give a gold star to um, Very good. Waitrose. Julie hey, do you realise I've put Tesco's in room 101 and give them Waitrose a gold star? Oh, There'll yeah. be letters. You are a snob, yes. aren't you? A total snob. <laughs> Julie Wills wants to give Purple Cover Support a gold star too. I appreciate good support when I receive it, she says. Support from the an the any list team at Purple Cover impressed me. They were friendly yet professional throughout. Made me feel like my feedback was valued. Um, probed behind my original question. Understood the underlying issue. Offered to make quick changes that could make a difference. And promised to follow up with me. All in all... 
it was a fine example of excellent customer support and I've no idea who Purple Cover Support is, but I think it's something to do with Julie's work with um, software and um, writing software and stuff like that. What is it with Purple? I've just um, joined a, a communication group called Purple Visits, and then there's mm -hmm. Purple Bricks. Is there something about the colour purple we don't know we're missing here? I don't know. Perhaps they're challenging gold. Perhaps it should be a, a Purple Star. A Purple Star. star. We can re-record. Purple Star! <laughs> But yeah, Julie, I totally agree with you. When you have some good customer service, you think, yes, this is how it Absolutely. should be. This is great. Yes. And it and it, and it re rekindles your confidence in the system. Doesn't it? <laughs> right. That's it. I think we're done. Um we we we've got um an hour on the clock, over an hour on the clock, and we've had a good show and a successful incorporation of Better Before for our first outing. Well done to both of us. So we'll be back in two weeks' time, as usual, and who knows what we might bring to that show. But you could help us with that by putting stuff into the MeWe group and telling us whatever works in your life. The main show URL is whateverworks.works, and you will get show notes. Well, if I can make it work, Steve's going to give me a hand <laughs> to embed the show notes inside the podcatcher thingy, Ooh. so watch this space on that. If all else fails, though, you can get to the show notes in via the whateverworks.works website. So head there. We Whateverworks.works, away. Whatever, whatever works, works. Oh. Um, so um, bear with us. We will sort that out, but it might not be this week. So just bear with us. Go to whateverworks.works to sort that out. TedSalmon.com is where you'll find me. AidenBell.com for Aiden. And um, don't forget, whatever, whatever works, works. works. works.